if you have your Bible today, if you'll take it and turn with me back to the book of Acts, chapter 16. Last week, we we dealt with Paul and Silas being in prison and what God was doing in their hearts and lives there. And uh, during our sermon prep time this week, we had already had our sermon laid out, moving into Acts 17, where Paul began to move to Thessalonica and uh, was seeing God do some great things there in in his heart and their life. And... um, And today, though, we just felt this week, man, that we wanted to just kind of hit the pause button and wanted to go back and share a couple thoughts out of Acts 16. And we're going to start here, if you will, in in verse 21. It says, so they brought Paul and Silas out, and they advocated, they're saying that these guys are advocating for customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or to practice, and the crowd... And, and the, the Romans accept and practice. And the crowd joined them in attacking, and the magistrates tore their garments, and they gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows, say that with me, many blows, upon them, they threw them into the prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely secure. Having received such a strict charge, strict order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened fastened their feet in stocks in their hands. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praising and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And then suddenly there was a great earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And when the jailer woke, he saw the prison doors were open. And he drew a sword to kill himself, supposing the prisoner to escape. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all still here. Now, I know this is a familiar passage of Scripture, but we've, we've, as we've been going through the book of Acts, it's really been kind of a whole different series. And, and uh, man, it's just been interesting. And we've been growing so much together in the faith and in what God is doing in our lives as a church. And it's just been so timely. But as we were praying this week and asking the Lord about the sermon, we just really felt that we wanted to stop and say a couple more things about this. Because when we looked at it last week, we looked at it in, a, in an overall context of how Paul was moving forward and sharing the gospel, and because of what he was doing was, was brought in and uh, was, you know, we were talking about found, found faithful in the resistance is what we were talking about, like, and we looked at Paul's perspective of how that they were faithful through it all, no matter what the resistance was. Next Sunday's sermon is the opposite. Matter of fact, when they get to Thessalonica, there was a great reception. And so the sermon for today was going to be be found faithful, not just in resistance from last week, but to be found faithful in, res, in, in the reception. Because sometimes it's harder to be faithful when everything is going right than it is when everything is going wrong. And so when we look at that and see that context of what God is saying and doing in that passage, it really begins to put it in perspective for us. So as we look at that, I wanted to stop and I wanted to look at it from a different perspective for just today. Because you see, my friends, as we gather here today, there's many people who are born again. I want to start with people who are born again. There are many people that are sealed with the Spirit of God. But yet they suffer blows day in and day out. 
You know, my friends, today, when we think about those who have hope in Jesus Christ, it doesn't cause us to escape adversity. Matter of fact, we looked at the song, there were songs that we just sang. You know, Lord, I, I thank you for the mountains, but I thank you for the valleys, because that's where I've learned to grow. I've learned to grow. You know, it's hard enough to grow. You see, when, when, when you walk through adversity, we began to see things through a different perspective. And the thing that I want you to write down today is this. It's very simple. That blows will come in your life out of the middle of nowhere. They will appear. Matter of fact, here was Paul and Silas. They were doing the work of the gospel. And then all of a sudden, they were brought in before these people. And all of a sudden, now these people begin to come in and afflict blows upon them. They physically were beating them. What I want you to understand today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is that it's not a question of if you're going to suffer heartache and if you're going to suffer affliction, but it's when. And the one thing that always still amazes me after 20 years of ministry is it's, it comes from where you least expect it. It comes from people that you would never expect to do it. It comes from people that you, you give so much to, that you pour your heart out to people. Matter of fact, uh, just last week, someone, someone called me about someone that I had invested, looking for a, a, a word of reference or something, on someone that I had invested so much of my life into. Man, basically just said, anything in my power that I can do to help you, I will do it. Like many people, but this one person in particularly. And then all of a sudden, I mean, this person ends up doing something that I would have never imagined. I mean, ended up slipping off and ended up uh, uh, just taking offense and ended up becoming upset with me. And I, I've gone back and I've looked at that so many times. And I'm like, Lord, what, what, where did I miss it? Where did I go wrong? What, what did I do wrong, Lord? You see, and that surprised me. But the interesting thing is, in that dynamic is, but it's always happening. And if the thing about it is, it normally happens where you're not expecting it. You see, where you're weak, where you're weak and you know that you're tempted and it's no, you're easy to go astray, that's normally not where the devil's going to attack us. For instance, if you have a struggle with such and such, just fill in the blank. I mean, it could be any number of things. I mean, you know, automatically you want to think about the big things like, like, like substance abuse and those kind of addictions and stuff and, and those things. But, I mean, it may be something as simple as, as being addicted to your telephone. And, and, you know, you think, okay, so I'm, I'm struggling with this, so I'm taking precautionary measures to overcome these things so that they don't overcome me. And then all of a sudden, because that's a strong wall there, you have it forfeited, and, and, and the devil can't really penetrate it. He ends up attacking us many times where you think you're strong, and you have no guard. There's no, no, no precautionary measures being taken there because you're confident in your flesh. Well, I'm not weak there. I'm not weak. And blows begin to slip into your life where you would never expect them. These guys were preaching the gospel. They were making a difference. And then all of a sudden, they were drugged in front of all these people and they began to be beat. What I want you to understand, my brothers and sisters in Christ today, is that in this life you shall suffer tribulation. If you are a child of God, you are not exempt from hardship. You are not exempt from adversity. You are not exempt through tribulation. Matter of fact, the Bible says it this way, Count it not strange when you walk through the fiery trials. 
Count it not strange. It's not a strange thing. It's not an, uh, uh, a thing that seldom happens when you walk through adversities. Count it not strange when you walk through fiery trials. But know this, the testing of your faith shall produce tribulation. And in that tribulation, you will begin to be strengthened. And when you become stronger, that's where you can begin to testify to God. Why do I get so excited? Why does that song resonate in my heart so much? Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to depend on His Word. Because there was a time in my life where I'm telling you, I did not know how I was going to make it. I did not know how I would go on living. But I had resolved in my life. I remember the day I fell down on my knees and I said, Lord, sink, swim, live or die. I'm sticking with the stuff. Lord, if I go alone, God, I'm sticking with you. And I'm telling you that God never failed me. He never forsook me. And he met me there. And I learned through his word that I can trust him. I learned that I can follow him. I learned that his plans for me are far better than my plans for me. I learned that his thoughts for me are far better than my thoughts for me. I learned that his ways for me is far greater than, than, than my ways. I learned that I cannot even begin to imagine what he has for me. Yet sometimes I need to pass through some tribulation. I need to pass through some heartache. I need to pass through some, some, some um, temptation because God's trying trying to knock me out of me so that it can become more of Him. And today I want you to know, if you're a child of God and you have people that have forsaken you, you have people that have abandoned you, you have people that have betrayed you, you have people that have manipulated you, you have people that have gone against you, you have people that have tried to take you down. And I'm telling you, I want you to be resolved that when you are hard pressed on every side, you're not crushed if you're a child of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying today, I'm telling you, if God be for you, then what can Satan do to you? I'm telling you that religion will press in on you. Religion will, will lay out an expectation for you that will be overwhelming. Earlier in our time of testimony, Brother Steve said, I thank God that I've been set free from the curse of the, of the law. I'll tell you something, that's a great word of testimony. I was reading that in Galatians 3 earlier this morning, how we have been set free and how we have been grafted in to the Abrahamic covenant and that through that we have victory through Jesus Christ. But I can I just say a little bit more on that? I thank God that I have been set free from the expectation of religion and I can put my expectation on Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of my faith. Somebody give Him praise in the house today. I'll tell you today, religion will keep you jumping through hoops. It'll keep you busy. It'll keep you occupied. It'll keep you distracted. But I want you to know that God will pull you close. He will pull you close to Him. And He'll say, sit down right here. I want to show you something. Sit down right here. I want to teach you something. Sit down right here. I want to spend some time with you. Sit down right here. I want to hear your heart. I want to hear your heart. You see, my friends, the question is not will blows come. 
Maybe you're here today and you're an unbeliever. Maybe you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want you to know that the place the devil attacks you is he's telling you that your life is a mess. He's telling you that your life has been this way too long. You've made a mess of it. You've had abortions. You've had sexual immorality. You've had all of this stuff. And he's telling you that there, God doesn't have a space for you because he doesn't have enough grace to cover your sins. Well, I want you to understand something that grace exceeded, 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 exceeded my sin and my guilt. And I want you to know that what you ought to do today is that though the devil may be beating you up, you ought to look him right in the eye and say, you know what? Today I believe I'm going to believe what God said. Today I believe that I've been believing your lie long enough. Today you have pinned me down long enough. Today you have oppressed me long enough. Today I will no longer believe what you say about me, but I'm going to believe what God says about me, that His grace exceeds my sin and my guilt. Can you say amen, church? The second thing I see in this passage is not only that blows will come from out of the middle of nowhere, but chains will also come from where you don't expect it. There's things that you would never expect to chain you down that will become your oppressor. There's things that will chain you down that you will never expect to be the thing that is setting you free. Today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we are living in a world, whether it's religiously, politically, or professionally. People have expectations for you that God doesn't have for you. Can I say that again? Whether it's religiously, professionally, or politically. People have expectations for you that God doesn't have for you. You are not required to meet the expectations of man. You are required to meet the expectations of God. And what happens in our hearts and our lives is that man's expectations hold us back. They tie us down. They make us believe that something is stronger than they really are. It's something that is greater than who we are. I want to show you this picture right here. It's probably an overworn illustration, but it really drives the point home when you think about something so strong as the human will, something so great as the human mind, and yet something so small can hold us back it can hold us back and in that dynamic in that passage of scripture we're thinking about things that pin us down and we look at them and we say there's no way i can be set free from them you see my friends there's a little elephant there being tied off to a tree by a chain and there is no way that that little elephant can pull that tree down And you know what? Things happen in our lives so many times and we look at it and we say, there is no way, there is no way that I can overpower that which is overpowering me. You see, my friends, people that deal with elephants, elephant trainers, what they do is when these elephants are little, they chain them to an obstacle that they know they cannot overpower. And they defeat them psychologically. So that when those elephants grow up and they become big, they can take the same, the same chain and tie it to something that that large elephant can overpower. Look at this picture right here. I mean, there they are, chained to something that they know psychologically they cannot pull down. So then when they become larger animals, 
They chain chain them to a stake. They just take a rope, chain them to a little stake in the ground. And therefore, there's that large mammoth of an animal, so great, so strong, so mighty, just sitting there on the end of a rope like a little puppy. Why is it? Because they broke his mind. They broke his thinking. My friends, what I want you to know today is it's not that we're just broken spiritually, but the devil wants to come in and he wants to make us believe a lie. And so many people today believe a lie. I want you to go back to my personal story. I was at Wits End Corner. I was ready to throw in the towel. I was ready to do whatever it was. But I remember that in the darkness of that moment, God met me there. And I had a choice. I was so broken. I was bankrupt psychologically. I was bankrupt emotionally. I was bankrupt physically. But I was not yet bankrupt spiritually. There was a little bit of faith in my life. And I began to think about walking away from all that God had done in my heart and in my life. And then there was the Holy Spirit inside of me. It said, son, just wait. You're not bankrupt. You're looking at the wrong, you're looking at the wrong depositor slip. You're looking at the wrong register. Look, you have in this world, in your life, you have all of these treasures. And I came to that point and I said, you know what, Lord? Sink, swim, live or die. I'm sticking with you, Lord. I'm not going to believe the devil. I'm going to believe what you say, God. If you be for me, then who can be against me? I'm telling you, the devil had me in the fetal position, lying over in the corner, thinking there was an, I was at No Hope Ranch and I had no way out. But God, but God said, just wait, son. I want to show you something. Just wait. I want to show you something. In that moment, I knew that my God had the power to break that little old rope that the devil had me tied up with. And today, that's what we see in this passage of Scripture. Not only did these blows come from men that they did not expect them to come from, and not only were they placed in prison, but they were chained down in prison. But I want you to know, it goes a little bit further than that. That these men of God just began to praise the Lord. They began to praise the Lord. They began to give thanks for God. Paul says, he says to the church of Thessalonica later, we'll see, he just starts it next week in Acts 17. But when he writes them a letter later, he says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Paul was a man who wasn't preaching something he wasn't living. Before he ever wrote that to the church of Thessalonica, he lived it in a Philippian jail cell, pinned down with these guys that had no, he had no authority over them. But what I want you to remember today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is that God has authority over everything. He has authority over every king, over every queen, over every man, over every woman, over every boy, over every girl. God has authority over him. In Psalms, he put it this way. The heart of the king is in his hand, and he can turn it whichever way he wants to. You see what Paul and Silas said, well, if we're going to be here in jail, we may as well praise the Lord. We're going to thank God for the mountains. We're going to thank Him for the valleys, because there's been storms that He's brought us through. And if I ever had a problem, I know 
that my God can solve them. And they began to praise God. And they began to worship God. And about midnight, in the middle of their worship service, the Bible says right here, it says that the earth began to shake. An angel didn't come with a key like she did for like like the, like the angel did for Peter and opened the door and set him free. That's not how they were liberated. God didn't show up in the middle of the fiery furnace and begin to walk around the fiery furnace with them like He did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He didn't show up and close the mouth of the line. No, He used His creation. And as those men began to praise God, like I said last week, I believe the earth began to worship with them. And as it began to worship, the earth began to quake. And as the earth began to quake, all of a sudden, they were set free. And can I tell you that He who the Son has set free is free indeed. Mm, mm, mm. Free indeed. That's why they didn't leave. That's why when the prison doors were open, they all stayed. Because they were still free. See, things will come out of the middle of nowhere and try to hold you back. They will try to hold you down. But I want you to know that blows will come from nowhere Chains of affliction and torment will come from nowhere. But I want you to know that your Savior, salvation, will also appear out of the middle of nowhere. Having received such a charge. I like that. Such a charge. So great of a charge. They took him to the inner prison. Passed the prisoners. Threw them in the hole, if you will. Locked them up. Chained their feet to the floor. Their hands were chained to their sides. They could have no movement. But I'm telling you that about midnight, when praises went up, blessings started to come down. Maybe all you know to do today is to praise the Lord. Maybe all you know to do is praise the Lord. You see, in those dark times of my life, through it all was a song that I sang again and again and again. I would just sing it. I would sing it. I would sing it. I would sing. It was all I knew to do. All I knew to do was to praise the Lord. All I knew to do was to lift up His name. I, there were some other songs that I would sing. I would sing a song like this. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, He kindly will help me. For He ever loves and cares for His own. I would sing a song like this. I would sing a song something like this. I would say, no, never alone. Jesus promised never to leave me alone. No, never alone. Jesus promised never to leave me alone. Give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus. I've learned to trust in Him. You see, I would praise the Lord when I couldn't pray, when I couldn't focus right. I would just begin to praise the Lord. And I'm telling you today that you have to praise your way through the storm you're in. The devil wants you to curl up in a corner and say, God doesn't love you. He's taking his eye off of you. After all you've done to serve him, after all you've given to him, that you would walk through this adversity, that you would have this sickness of cancer, that you would have this problem with children, you'd have a problem with your business or with your own company or with your boss and you would lose your job and all of a sudden maybe your spouse walk away from you and leave you. The devil comes and he whispers in your ear and he says something like this, if God really loved you, he wouldn't let this happen to you. If he was a really loving God, he wouldn't let this happen to you. But I'm telling you today that you have to decide either I'm going to buy into the devil or I'm going to praise my way through the storm. 
I'm going to trust God through the storm. Pardon me if I get a little excited today, but I'm just on a little bit of shouting ground today because I don't want you to give up because I've been there. I don't want you to give in because I've been there. I don't want you to throw in the towel, but if you throw in the towel, I hope he throws it right back at you. Your Savior will appear out of nowhere. And somehow everybody will be blessed because of it. The last thing I want to share with you is this. It says, and immediately all the doors were open. And everyone's, say that with me, everyone's bonds were broken. Not just Paul and Silas. Everyone. You know why you should trust God? Not just for yourself, but because everybody's going to be blessed through what God does through you. It's true. Everyone will be blessed through what God does through you. Are you willing to trust Him today? Are you willing to trust Him today? Genesis uh, 12 and 3 says... I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. You know, one of the reasons I think we're enjoying a lot of blessings right now. I'm going to wade into the weeds here for just a minute. I'll tell you why one of the reasons I believe we're enjoying prosperity right now while there's more jobs and we have people looking for employment I think it goes back to the reason that made us so great in the beginning because our forefathers had the ability to understand the word of God and if for no other reason they sided with Israel because Israel was the apple of God's eye and God made a covenant with Abraham for years it seems like we've been with them in name only but all of a sudden as a nation we said not only are we with you in name but we're with you physically we're going to take actions that support that I, it, it's, it's just I mean we could debate that all evening over a nice lemon pie and a cup of coffee but I mean you can't Anytime you see the blessings on our nation, you see them parallel running with standing with Israel. And anytime you see us walking into free falls, you'll see we started walking away from Israel. Now, I'll just close with this. You are grafted into the Abrahamic covenant is what it says. And I'm telling you that when you are blessed, others in your sphere will be blessed. They will be blessed from what God's doing in your life. I'm not talking about just financially. I'm just talking about being blessed to know you. Being blessed to be connected and acquainted with you. We are the children of the most high God. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. Why are we in the shape we're in? Because the majority of Christians are living like that little elephant chained to something that they have the power to break they are defeated not spiritually they're defeated psychologically and when you're defeated psychologically you're defeated 
emotionally. And we have bought into the lie. We have the hunker down mentality. Boy, I hope we can ride this thing out till Jesus comes. I, I hear people say this a lot, and I don't mean this. I mean, I, I, I'm not opposed to going to heaven today and spending the rest of eternity with him. But I hear, I hear Christians say, oh, I just wish he'd come get us out of this mess. And I understand what they're saying, but then I think about their own grandkids that don't know Christ. And I think, do you really know what you're saying? Do you really know? If he came today, how many people do you know that you love wouldn't be there to spend eternity with him? Today, my friends, some of you have suffered blows. Some of you are chained down. But you need to know that your Savior is right where you are. You know why the angel of the Lord didn't have to come show up? Because God was already there. <laughs> he didn't need to make an appearance. Now let me just say this and I'm done. The omnipotent God who was in, in the form of the Holy Spirit was not that way in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, in the Ark of the Covenant, it says that the God resided between the cherubims. Okay, now God's omnipotent. He's everywhere, but stay with me. But when He came in the form of the flesh of Jesus Christ, He could only be where the body of Jesus was but then when he became in the form of the Holy Spirit, he ever lives inside of us. See, see, the Holy Spirit didn't need to show up in the prison cell because when they went in, he went in with them. So what I want you to know today, if you're a child of God, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, you don't have to wait for him to show up. He went in with you. Your head bowed today. That's another sermon right there, isn't it? <laughs> I wonder how many of you today are suffering some blows from people that you never expected to do it. You have people that you thought were for you, but you have found out they're against you. I wonder how many of you today are just at a point where you're so overwhelmed, so crushed by it. It has you defeated psychologically. Whenever there's somebody in this building today that's like that, somebody watching at home today that's like that. I wonder how many of you today here feel like you're chained down and you can't break free from your past. I wonder how many of you today would get to this altar and say, God, I want to believe in you. I want to trust in you. I wonder how many of you today, you may not be in that place. You may be on the shouting ground, but you, somebody you love, somebody you care for, somebody that your own blood is pinned down. They can't seem to be set free. I wonder if you would just begin to intercede for them right where you are and say, God, I'm believing you for a miracle. I'm believing for you to do something that only you can do. Father, in Jesus' name, may you speak to our hearts. May you have your way. And all God's people said, Amen.